Thanks for subscribing to the One Cause Podcast. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing. So we believe that the more you hear these truths, the more they will benefit your life. Remember, all it takes is believing it. Turn with me to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 3 this morning. Don't be distracted by the tassels that are dangling off my sweater. Focus on the Bible today. Focus on the Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Uh, this is called a living letter, and, and it's one of my favorite passages in the Bible. Um, we, we actually talked about this several years ago, and it is just a, a wonderful piece of scripture by Paul. Uh, a lot of Bible historians think that there, there might quite possibly have been a letter that Paul wrote to the church at Corinth between 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, but it's not in our Bible. But historically, a lot of historians and Bible scholars believe that was there. And Paul dealt with, they call it the severe letter, and Paul dealt with some things in the church that were, uh, that where he spoke a little bit sternly and, and um, probably hurt some feelings and probably ruffled a little feathers. But uh, how many of you know that it's important that Paul is a father to us in, in the scriptures and what he wrote goes and what he wrote was for the benefit of us and, and the church. And so... 2 Corinthians coming after that and after 1 Corinthians is more a little bit more of a conciliatory tone. And it's got some beautiful passages where we feel Paul's tone and his heart. And this is a, a, one of those passages, it, it strikes me um, in, in just a wonderful way. And I, and, and I should say this morning, welcome to those of you in the house Welcome to those of you watching the stream, and welcome to those of you listening to our podcast. We really do appreciate you being here. And so, uh, so this message in this passage is, is really as beautiful the way Paul speaks, and, it's, and it, it's here to remind us again of who we are because of what Jesus did. And so I'm going to read some scriptures to you, some, some verses to you, and I do read a little bit quickly, so stick with me. Are you ready? I want to read 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3 to start. And the reason, I'll preface this one more thing. <laughs> the reason Paul's writing like this is because there was, there was influence of another group that was infiltrating the church in Corinth that were trying to um, uh, subvert Paul's authority and, and tell people that they had to do and say certain things outside of what Jesus already did and trying to kind of make Paul look bad and make people question his authority and his influence. And so Paul's responding to this in such a beautiful way. And here's what he says. He says, do we begin again to commend ourselves? And I'm going to stop right there because I love what Paul always uh, makes a differentiation between, is this about me or is it about what Jesus did? We're always going to go there. Is it about what I do? for my righteousness and my right standing before God, or is it about what Jesus already did? And so Paul's directing us there. Do we begin again to commend ourselves? Or do we need, as some others, epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? In other words, he's saying, do I need to rely on what other people say in order to make my entrance and have you trust what I said? Do I need to rely on that? And he gives us a great answer. I love Paul because he's like, let me tell you the answer. 
rhetorical question. Let me give you the answer right here. You are. Say, I am. You are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Clearly, clearly, church, you are an epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone like we used to do it, but on tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart. And so Paul's telling us, he's, he's prefacing this information and telling us what really matters is heart change. What really matters is what happens inside because of what Jesus has made you. It's not God keeping his thumb on you or watching from heaven, making sure that you're doing everything that you need to do to get back in the good graces of God. Because if you don't, question mark, dot, 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 what will happen to me? Listen, religion teaches us this kind of stuff. Religion teaches us that it matters. My right standing to God with God matters by what I do. But the Bible clearly says it matters by what I believe. I'm righteous by faith. Thank goodness. Because I've dropped the ball many times in my life. I don't know if you're with me. But it's changed from the inside that matters. And Paul's making this clear. right? And what's beautiful is <clears throat> this... this uh, the end of this passage that we just read references the Old Testament in Jeremiah 31. We're going to read that later. But that part in Jeremiah 31, the ending part of that scripture says, the Lord says, for I will forgive their iniquity. Remember, this is the prophet speaking of a day to come. This is Jeremiah saying there will be a day when God says, for I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. Folks, we're in that day. This is the prophet looking down the road, looking down the street, looking in the horizon. There will be a day one day where God doesn't hold this against me, where my relationship dynamic has changed, right? This, this is the new covenant. This is our new covenant reality that we live in. I don't know about you, but I remember being in elementary school and, <clears throat> you know, every now and then I might hand a note, a love letter, to a young lady in, in my class that, you know. And uh, particularly, you probably remember these notes, but they were something like this. Will you go out with me? <laughs> Check yes, no, or give me at least a maybe. And I made the maybe box bigger, right? Didn't you make it bigger just so I'd catch the eye like, Hey, don't just go to no. Don't, go, don't immediately go to no. At least give me a maybe. So you're saying there's a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. But what's interesting about those kind of, you know, silly, this story like that is, is that was really, that was a, a veiled attempt for me to gain attention. That was a veiled attempt uh, to trap someone into talking to me or maybe meeting me at the skating rink or whatever it was. You know, that's what we did back in the day. You know, I got some white hair here, so. That was a way to pique interest from someone else to pay attention to me. 
Check yes. No. Or maybe. <clears throat> but what I want to tell you today, man, is that the Bible's so different. This is not a veiled attempt. This is an overt attempt for God to say, do you even know how much I love you? Do you even have a clue how much I want you in my family? Right? It's written to assure you that you've already gained his attention. You've already gained God's attention. The creator of the universe thinks about you. You are loved. You are valued. You are trusted. You'll see that in a minute. And you are a living letter to mankind. You're a living letter to mankind. The Dallas campus, I, I ask myself, what, do, what, do I, what does my life look like if I'm a living letter? Like, am I, am I a love letter to mankind? I, I, tr I try really hard to be. But there are times where I could be better. <clears throat> well, what you have to know this morning is the source of this, the source of this love is unconditional and everlasting. <clears throat> the source of this love is different. Because me writing a note to someone saying, hey, will you go out with me, check yes or no, it, it depends on, you know, my, my response will depend on that response. And her response would depend on if I'm too forward or if I'm wearing a sweater like this. So it's all conditional, right? A lot, a lot of times we go through life and we, we uh, mm, use relationships and we, we navigate relationships in a conditional way. But God doesn't do that. Yeah, right? He doesn't do that. He says, he says you know what? Bobby, I love you, man. I love you because you're a part of this family, because of what my son did, because of what Jesus did. And all you need to know is how much I love you and how much he did for you. And that's going to change your life. That's going to, that's going to make you from the inside out flow differently in this life. It's not going to be, hey, follow these rules. Don't blow it. Or you, that lightning bolt may come right down from heaven right now. A lot of people, that religion teaches that. A lot of people see God like that. Oh, I can't, I couldn't walk into church. No, that's, the ceiling, the roof would fall in. I walked in. Lightning would just probably come through and, that's what religion teaches. A lot of what the world sees in the media is shaped by thoughts like that. Instead of a good, loving father whose love is unconditional and everlasting because of Jesus, because of what his son did. You are God's love letter to mankind. You have to get that deep down in you. You are God's love letter. Listen, he trusts you to take this message outside. He trusts that you know how much you are loved, how much you are cherished, how much you are valued, no matter your shortcomings, because of what Christ did. Number two, say number two. This is a long one. So if you're taking notes, write fast. You bring, say, I bring a new covenant message to a world that's expecting an old covenant life. And that's that transition right into that thought. It's like a lot of what people think about is do good, get good, do bad, get whacked. 
right? Do good, get good. I can understand that. But do bad and still receive what God wants me to have? I'm not telling you to go crazy. Listen, listen, I'm not giving you that freedom. Paul addresses that. He's like, listen, this should be a change from here. You shouldn't be able to go, hey, I can do whatever I want. Lord's forgiven me. I can act however I want. No, 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 no. We act differently because of what he's done for us. It's a response. It's a response to what he's done. It's a response to what he's done. It's not a license to do anything. But what you'll learn over and over in life is that this change is, is a lifelong process. And the Lord is making us better one day, one week, one month, and one year at a time. So you bring a new covenant message to a world that's expecting an old covenant life. And this is a great, great opportunity, folks. This is a great opportunity for people to see God for who he truly is, right? Through you, because you're a love letter to mankind. Let me read this, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 4, the next verse. Paul says, and we have such trust through Christ toward God, not that we are sufficient ourselves again, he points back to Jesus, to what God's done through Jesus. Not that we are sufficient ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. Who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the spirit. Here we go. My Bible says semicolon. For the letter kills. Right, the law makes me aware where I fall short. The law, oh, it's going to remind me all the time. If I have to, if I have to slaughter an animal to cover the, the sins, the, the thought of the sins that I have done in this life, that to me is a constant reminder. That's an awful reminder that that's what I need to do. But the Spirit gives life. Paul's making a clear distinction here. This is the old way of doing things. When everything's on you, the pressure's on you, show up. Bring a sacrifice. Don't blow it. Don't mess up. Watch yourself all week long. Get to the temple as quick as you can to cover that up. Man. I'm not slamming that way of doing things. I'm just saying our New Testament life, our New Testament reality is so much more beautiful than that. See, grace is unearned, unmerited favor of God. Right, I read an article just this week about a famous musician. And, <clears throat> and this is a guy, I think, probably that doesn't know Jesus, that doesn't know that God loves him. And he said... In this article, you know, he said, you know, I figured it was just that he was diagnosed with cancer this year. And he said, you know, I figured it was just a matter of time that, that something bad happened because life had been so good. And, and it just, something had to happen. And that mindset is, is put into people because of thoughts about through, that they see through the media and thoughts of religion and, and people basing their experience with God on, expect, on broken expectations. Right, that they haven't seen or heard. They don't know who God truly is because they base this relationship on what is seen and, and, and whether God lives up to their expectations. Honestly, I'm just going to say it. 
whether God lives up. See, we focus on whether or not God lives up to our expectations. That's a tough place. But when we focus on how much he loves us, what Jesus has done for us, then the things in life that walk up and put themselves right in front of our face, they be, they're, they're handled differently. They're handled differently. We respond differently. See, but Paul tells us, talks about a heart change from the inside out. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 8, verse 7. This is a long passage. I'm going to read it quickly. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 7. The book of coffee. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. Right? We're, we're, we're seeing a case for Jesus. We're seeing a case for the beauty and power of this sacrifice. We're seeing a case for the, the history changing right here because of this sacrifice. Because finding fault with them... He says, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I'll make a new covenant with the house of Israel, and we're grafted into the family of God because of Christ, right? And with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand and led them out of the the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant, and I disregarded them, says the Lord. That's conditional. That's conditional. Because they didn't follow all the rules. I laid them out. You asked for them, and I laid them out, and then you, you didn't follow them. You broke them, so I disregarded you, says the Lord. But listen to this. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, said the Lord. I'll put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. That is possessive, folks. I'll be their God, and they're going to be my people. Because I'm... this. There's a way that this is going to be fixed. And it won't be dependent any longer on what you do or don't do. It'll be only solely dependent on what Jesus does. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. That's good news. That is good news. In that he says a new covenant, he has made the first obsolete. Now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. And then we jump to the next chapter, Hebrews 9 verse 15. And for this reason, Hebrews 9 15, for this reason, he, capital H, Jesus, is the mediator of the new covenant. By means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of eternal inheritance, right? So there are certain things in life that we can quantify. There are certain things in our lives that we can, that we can wrap our heads around. And uh, there are people in this room that are numbers people, and you just do numbers. You get numbers. There are certain people in this room that are relational people, and you get people, and you just, that's how you work. <clears throat> And so there are certain things that we can, that we can say finite, that we, can, that we can measure, right? But then there are certain things that we can't do that. And I want to, read, I want to, I want to tell you a quick story. In 1987, uh, Toyota announced that they were going to launch a luxury car um, line called Lexus, right? 
Lexus was announced 1987. 1989, they delivered the first batch of Lexi. Lexuses? Anybody work for Lexus? I'm going to say Lexuses. Um, and they delivered those. <clears throat> and so the first people that received delivery were excited and thrilled. And, uh, but, they, but the Toyota Motor Corporation received a couple of complaints. Two complaints. That the, that the cruise control was not functioning on their cars. And so they had a, a wonderful opportunity to make a decision at this point, right? Because what they had done was they had priced their luxury car about half as much as the Mercedes S-Class, which at that time was like 80000 So they priced the Lexus around 40000 which is still a whole lot of money to me. But, you know, to each his own. Um, and... Uh, and so they said, we have an opportunity to do something different here. We can either fix those two and then just keep it quiet and wait to see who else shows up, or we can tell everybody that bought one of those cars that we're going to fix it for no cost. And this is 1989. This is different, folks. Customer service was different. And so what they did was they mailed a, a personal letter of apology to every owner that had bought this car. They went to every owner's house and picked up their car to take it back to the dealership to repair. Left a loaner car. This is 1989. Left a loaner car there. Upon returning the repaired car, it was fully washed and detailed, full tank of gas, and a present in the front seat to make up for the owner being put out. And I think about things like that. I'm like, man, like if that were me, I would be blown away. I mean, that is 1989. Who was alive in 89? Who was alive in 89? If I think about things like that, that, that my mind can measure that. I'm, I'm feeling, wow, that's, that's a great setup. That's a fantastic show of customer service. Right? I think over the top. That's over the top. And I hope you get this. But this life, this second chance, this new covenant is so much more over the top than anything that I can even wrap my head around, that I can quantify, that it says no matter what the past looked like, you're different now. No matter what you did or didn't do, had or didn't have, I love you. It's light years, thousands of times better than the best customer service scenario that I can even envision. Life is so much better. And he's telling us that he trusts us to be a love letter to mankind. I trust you that your life is going to shine before men. Listen, I'm not putting pressure on you this morning. I'm just... I'm just having, I want you to realize how much you're valued and loved. Because that's what brings the change. That's what brings the change. It's not force from the outside. It's not the tablet that tells me what to do and not do that makes me change. That will make me change for a minute until I realize I can't do this anymore. But this change is so much better, right? And here's why. Because Jesus, in this, in this 
in this New Testament scenario, Jesus made it all about him and no longer about me. So the pressure's off. When it's no longer about me, I'm not worried looking over my shoulder all day, every day. What is going to happen? Is the ground going to open and swallow me? Like in the New Testament, in the Old Testament. Correction. Delete that. Rewind, delete. Old Testament. That's how things worked. You never knew. You just didn't know. There was no mediator between God and man. I'm not going to open that can. My mind's going... Nope. He made it about him and no longer you. See, you've been equipped and trusted to tell this story. You've been equipped and trusted to be this love letter. Paul's saying, hey, let me just remind you how special you've been made. Let me remind you that it's no longer about what you do or don't do. It's everything about what Jesus did for you. And when you're constantly being reminded that, instead of constantly being reminded about how bad you've done, how many times you've blown it, Listen, I can hear that just a few times, and I'm like, look, I'll just give up. There's no chance. There's no reason for me to live right if it's up to me. But what he's done for me makes me want to be better and receive his love greater and greater ways every day. You've been equipped and trusted to tell his story. This is a time of year when we tell his story. It's a time of year where we celebrate. It's a time of year where, we, where, where everybody's in a good mood and people are shopping and buying gifts and loving each other. What about January? Yeah. What about 2023? Let's be the people that are like, man, you got to come to church with me. I, you, you need to hear this good news. I heard some good news last week. I want you to come along with me. Let's have lunch. Let's have coffee. Do you need anything? Can I do anything for you? Listen, man, I, I went through that, and let me tell you, I, I got, there's hope. There's hope. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. You need to know this. Clearly, you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God. Paul says, clearly, 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 you're the proof. You're the proof of my apostleship, is what he's saying. I don't need anybody to give me a letter saying that I'm value. Uh, these are my credentials. Receive me. Here are my. I, you're the proof. Paul said, "This is what matters. People matter." Why am I angry? I'm angry at what religion does to people. I hate. I just can't even. Jesus went over and above all that you could ask or imagine when he freely, willingly gave himself up for you. And you need to know this morning that you were so valued that he did that. That was a choice. That was a choice that he willingly gave himself up. And that fixed everything. If you're, if you're sitting in this place this morning and you've never, you've never had this amazing relationship with God, you've never known how much God loves you, 
or maybe you're watching online, maybe you're listening to the podcast, you got to know today. Got to be reminded. This is something we have to be reminded about. God is an inclusive God. He makes it so easy. He says, all you have to do is believe. All you have to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll be saved. Believe in your heart and say, Jesus is Lord. And then watch. Listen, I'm going to tell you, things probably won't be perfect like that. But they'll be better. They'll be better. And then you'll wake up six months later and you'll realize, wow. And you'll think things like, look at what I've done in these last six months. And then six months later or a year later, you'll, look, you'll start saying things like, look at what God has done in this last year. Look at the opportunities he's brought me. Look what he's done. Look what the Lord has done. So if that's you sitting in this place today or watching, listening, I want to encourage you. You're meant to be a part of this family. There are a lot of people sitting around you that are living epistles, living letters of how much God loves. And you need to know today, no matter what has happened in your life, no matter what anybody said, no matter what church growing up said, unless they said that Jesus loves you, that's about the, the truest gospel there is. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Don't let anybody's experience craft your view of who God is. Don't let anybody's disappointment skew you off course, away from God. Why would God be double-minded? If that were true, why would God be double-minded? Why would he give up his most prized, most valuable possession, his only begotten son, who the Bible said would become the firstborn among many brethren? And why would he do that and then give sickness? Why would he do that and then put circumstance in your life, catastrophic circumstance? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. God is love. God is love. That's plain. And so no matter what, no matter what life has told you, no matter what anybody else has, has told you about God, that's who God is. And he did that because he wants you in his family. And it's so easy to join the family. All you have to do is say yes. You have to say yes to that. Yes to what Jesus did. No longer what I do. I want to connect with God by just saying, I believe that Jesus died for my sins. I believe that Jesus did more than enough than I, that I would ever need to make me right with God. I, th I believe that Jesus willingly gave himself up, that he was crucified. He died on a cross, was buried by men, and then rose from the grave and ascended into heaven. That is the gospel. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the beginning of the chapter, simple gospel. Christ died for your sins. He was buried, he rose again, seated at the right hand of the, ascended into heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father in accordance with the scriptures. 
Folks, this is it. This is a new day, a fresh start. And if that's you this morning, I want to encourage you to let me pray for you. If you've never said, I believe that, if you've never said, I trust Jesus, if you've never said, I need this new life, this second chance, slip your hand up and let me pray for you this morning in this place. And those of you that are, that are here, that this is your home, I would encourage you this morning to think big picture. I would encourage you to think big picture, and by that I mean do whatever you can do to drag somebody to church. Do whatever you can do to get people in this place. Because you are a living epistle. But these Sunday morning services are for people to learn about Jesus, who Jesus is. And those of us that know, we're here to know him better. We're here to know him better week after week after week. But there are people out there that have no clue how much God loves them. There are people out there that probably, you know, I'm thinking to myself, there are people out here in my neighborhood that probably don't even know I'm a Christian, that don't even know I'm a pastor. That's a challenge. But baby steps, baby steps. Get people into this place. This place is a, this place is a house of healing. Physical healing. Spiritual healing. Emotional healing. This place is a house of miracles. This is, not for, this is not for us to just sit here and say, I love this. This is, this is mine. This is like, man, you got to get there. We're going to start having some Wednesday night services and healing services in January. I, I don't know if I was supposed to say that or not. That's okay. But, but we're going to get people here. We're going to invite people. Even if you're nervous, invite somebody to church. Let's get this message out. The spirit, not the letter. It's the spirit, not the letter. Thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you right now for this, <clears throat> this amazing church. I thank you, God, for the people that you've placed here, Lord, that we would see ourselves as living epistles, living letters of your love. That people would know through us a better idea of who you are. Lord, strengthen us. Make us bolder. Help those that are struggling this morning, maybe in their, with their past or their current circumstance. Lord, help them know that you love them even more today. That you are for them and not against them. I feel like there's some people in here this morning that <clears throat> you're worried about the things you've done in the past. It's hard for you to let go. It's hard for you to move beyond and God says that was the point of Jesus coming because that, that is true forgiveness. It's him saying, you know what? I understand that you've messed up. I've under, I understand that you've, you've had it rough in the past, but you need to know that my son made a way for you. You need to know that this morning. So if that's you, just take that with you. If that's you, if you feel like you, it's hard for you to, to let go of the past, it's, maybe you're beating yourself up because of what you've done in the past, today's a new day. Today is a new day. You need to leave here with a better grasp and a better understanding of God's love for you. Father, I thank you. 
Lord, that McKinney and the surrounding area and into Dallas and the Metroplex would know who you are because you've trusted us with this message that is no longer about what people do and don't do that manufactures their relationship with you. It's about simply believing in Jesus. So, Father, I pray for opportunities right now. Lord, even for those that are sitting in this place or watching or listening, maybe that they're nervous. Lord, help them. Give them opportunities to share your love. Give give them opportunities to bring hope to people that need it. Lord, those that are sitting in this place or listening, those that need hope themselves, that today would be this message, a reminder of your love. So they would see beyond just today and be looking into a better future. Thank you for who you are, because you are love. In Jesus' name, amen. Enjoying the podcast? If you want more, you can always visit One Cause Church on YouTube and Facebook to watch full services. 